Art, so I, uh, I can't help but notice you're wearing a tux. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling a little underdressed here. Mm-hmm. Do you want to elaborate on why you're wearing a tux? It's after 6 p.m. What am I, a farmer? I admire your luck, Mr. Bond. My name's Bond. James Bond. Thank you, Mr. Bond. Name's Bond. James Bond. So, of course, I have to give credit to Alec Baldwin as Jack Donaghy in Dirty Rock for that phenomenal quote. It's the third heat. But, uh, I, yes, I do have a tuxedo jacket for this recording of a podcast that you cannot see me wearing. <laughs> but for good reason. Mm-hmm. Spectre means tuxedos. It does. And for those of you, for, yeah, for traditionally, uh, we are not in the usual underground layer. Mm-hmm. We are in Blofeld's Cats layer. <laughs> Which, for those of you, you know, familiar with our podcast, uh, you may have heard uh, briefly mentioned in the Roger Moore Spectre Christmas edition. Uh, we mentioned that we went to see Spectre together. Mm-hmm. We, of course, dressed up. You also, on Twitter, if you follow us on Twitter, you may have seen a picture or two of Scott and I. Uh, Scott had the wonderful, more traditional white dinner jacket. I went yep. with the standard black on black. Mm-hmm. Tuxedo, but we dressed up and we went to see Spectre. It was a great experience. Absolutely. And for those of you that may have missed that podcast, I will, you know, briefly, you know, maybe talk about that a little bit. Or yeah, I mean, it was probably the only way I'll ever see a James Bond film again. I think so. Yeah, we we had talked about maybe not always wearing the tux, but maybe I at some point I would be interested in wearing the uh, turtleneck. I'm a fan of that mm-hmm. that traditional. Um, Outfit. Any but other than that, going back to the any one of the solid suits that right. Daniel Craig wears, as right? Well. The gray, the gray, the famous Sean Connery. Yep. Gray. I would have no problem going with that. You know, we had our uh, had our little snafu where we showed up to the restaurant and they go, "Do you have a reservation?" Yeah. Mm, no. W- one second. One, one second. second. And they just a table. They're like, "This is yours. You <laughs> right can up front. you can sit here. Absolutely." And the server, we're like in tuxes, and he was just like, oh, these guys are going to tip us. Well, excellent service, better service than I've ever gotten at a restaurant that I go to all the time with the lady. It was just a good experience. It was. And we had some positive feedback. We went to the the film. People knew, oh, these guys are going to see James Bond. And yeah. some some people asked. So like, I still remember this. This is on purpose. The lady at the end. Did you guys, did you come from a wedding or something? <laughs> no, no, it's James Bond. That's awesome. I'm like, yeah, thank you. Thank you. I'm glad you appreciate it. It's good times. I highly encourage it. Highly which it. Uh, will lead to the second movie tuxedo story that I have, which I equally enjoy. I was not wearing a tuxedo. tuxedo. However, the same theater that we went to, we went to see James Bond in IMAX. Mm-hmm. And at that very same theater, I saw Star Wars mm-hmm. on opening night when it came out. Big, everyone's lot, a lot of people going oh, to this, yeah. I love this event. Story. Um, and I walked to my car to drop something off because we, my girlfriend and I showed up like two hours before the movie so we can get some seats. And a gentleman sta- like gets out of his car and he's in a full tux. And I'm thinking to myself, like, you're just getting to Spectre now? Like, what's going on? Locks eyes with me 
and then takes a Darth Vader mask and then puts the mask on. And I was like, you won, sir. You have, you have won the tuxedo game to go Baller. see a movie. Yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty impressive. Awesome. I, I enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, same question I asked in Skyfall last week. Mm-hmm. Why do people hate this movie so much? I don't know. I really don't know. And I'm, I'm, I think I'm more prepared to defend this movie a little bit. Mm-hmm. I just, you're, you've been a big fan of Spectre since literally, Day one. I have. I will. I remember, though, the car ride back from the movie. And I don't know if it's just the body's natural response to the buildup. Like, you have this, oh, I'm really looking forward to this. Yeah, I'm really, like, weeks, months looking Mm -hmm. forward to it coming out. And then, like, it was so awesome. But was it? Was it as great? Like, the body's just natural response of... All right, I'm going to let the adrenaline's gone. Which is I, interesting. Was a, I think so, it was a little moment of depression. It wasn't as good as I thought it was going to our, be. Our 24th review, we uh-huh. can finally stop pretending like we haven't seen all the other movies, which we've been really bad yeah, at yeah. lately, pretending the, the original. The era. Yeah, especially with the Craig era. Um, and looking back on where you ranked this film, I remember after I walked out of Skyfall, when I first saw it in 2012, it was nothing but pot, like, yes, yes, this matched the hype yeah. that I had. Casino Royale. Like, time has made me rethink Casino Royale and be a little more critical of it. Mm-hmm. But again, when I walked out of the theater in 2006 from Casino Royale, it was like, yes. Great movie. Now, Quantum was like, ah. That was short. Uh. Yeah. But, you know, to to then say, well, maybe Spectre, because you're still, I think, struggling. Or, or at least you said last week that you were you were you were struggling mm-hmm. with is Spectre better than Skyfall? Is that better than yeah. Casino? Uh, yeah, absolutely. The the whole Casino, uh, Skyfall, Spectre, like all the Craig movies except Quantum. Quantum's going to not fall to the bottom, but it's not going to be up in the hunt for the for the top seat or anything. But mm-hmm. on any given day, someone could make a valid argument where I'm going to move that and. And contention for the top seat. Mm-hmm. Um, do I think Spectre's the number one movie? Uh, that might be the toughest of them all, but I love it the most, so I don't... Like number one overall or number one Craig? Uh, overall was what I was referring to. Whew. Yeah, I know that's high, but I just, I love this I don't movie. even have it in my top eight. I know, I know. I know I'm very high in this movie, and the more we've discussed offline, I... The more I watch this movie, I love it even more, and I get I start to forget. Oh, it I enjoy more. it more. I don't know if I love it more. I enjoy it more after it. Definitely is. It's easy to have multiple rewatches mm-hmm. uh, of it. I don't know if, yeah, I don't know if it makes me love it more. It's just I enjoy watching it. The problem I have, what I've realized doing this whole series is mm-hmm. the movie of the now. For the most part, if it's a decent movie. The movie of the now that I've watched the most recently tends to rise to the top just because it's freshest on my mind. You're, you're kind of ADD Roger, like that. I am. And I'm not saying like the Roger Moore era, like the late Roger Moore stuff. That None of those ever rose to the top. But the generally... But Spy? Like, I remember how high you were on... I, yeah. That's your childhood, one yeah. of your childhood memories. Yeah. I would, I would be for, interested for like, a brief moment that rose to the top. Yeah. I mean, the villain rose to the top of the villains. Yeah. You know, which is gonna fall at this point which i think at one point i challenge you to do mm-hmm. is to get like the top film of the air mm-hmm. and you know watch goldfinger watch spy who loved me watch specter and i think that might help you kind of determine you know kind of have watch that formula instead of because yeah. i know you want to circle back i think that may help you you know kind of pinpoint you know what a top film is for you 
Here's an interesting comparison, uh-huh. I think, for you. Um, I have a much harder time putting to the top Daniel Craig's three out of the four movies, putting them in the order of best movies, than I do Roger, or, uh, Sean Connery's movies. Like, mm-hmm. I can easily pick Sean Connery's movies apart and put them in the order that I like. I have a much harder time with, with Daniel Craig. Okay. That's fair. Interestingly enough, we have a whole podcast yeah. to talk about this. So you want to get started on that? Yeah, let's fun. Yeah, let's... Wait, 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 wait. Mm-hmm. What are you drinking? I'm having a dirty martini. What else could I be drinking right now? It's my second favorite drink of the entire Bond series. It's pretty dirty. Yeah, second to only bourbon, because I'm a bourbon fan. But bourbon dirty song. martini is my favorite way to drink a martini. Yeah, it's not bad. Extra olives. I have a lot of Belvedere. Belvedere. Extra olives. Dirty. How's yours? Um, one of us had bad sushi tonight. The other <laughs> one has a dirty martini. So that's how that's my water on. is delicious. Is how is how this is going. Nice. Yeah. So now that we've gone over that, let's bond. Let's bond. Spectre, an original story, the 24th Bond film, released in 2015 and starring for the fourth? Fourth time. And possibly last? I hope not. We don't know. I really hope not. Daniel Craig. Alright, this leads us into 0030. Mm hmm. 0030. Be going first this week. Art. I kind of, I kind of was sad reading that. Possibly the last time. Just the twenty fourth. It's. I know. There's no more reviews. There's no more. There's no. Isn't that crazy. Nothing. We started in August, and here we are. Here we are. In a matter of roughly an hour, we're going to be done with this. Every every week. Yeah. It's a long haul. Doctor No. It cracks me up because I was talking to you before this, like. In hindsight, looking back, what movie were we on? We had this goal. We were going to be done with this project by the time Spectre came out on November 6th. We were on The Spy Who Loved Me. The Spy Who Loved Me. How far off were we? And then we stopped and released the 0030s. Yep. So that we could at least, you know, a a Bond fan could kind of catch up real quickly on the film. And then we took a week off because I think we were exhausted Mm -hmm. um, from just like doing the 0030s and then building up the Spectre Mm -hmm. and then... I wrote a review and edits, and so we took a week off, and then mm-hmm. every week since, we've been kind of chugging along with um, a few holidays. We did some odd jobs, but mm-hmm. yeah, and now it's... In hindsight, now I'm we're here. We, yeah, I, I'm really glad we did the 0030s. I think that worked out well. I and mean, we got, uh, that if you read Jordan Peter's review on iTunes, yeah, that's how we... He, he that was all intention, yeah. yeah. Excited like, for the movie. I when get I myself hyped up. Let's yeah. look at these two uh, 
morons. Moron. What are they? I was insert <laughs> insert word. insert insult here. Yeah. Ah, well, for the last time, here we go. Until the future, there'll be more. Though I mean, absolutely, there'll be more. <laughs> All right, you ready? Yep. Ready. In three, two. The quintessential James Bond film. Or is it? Bond once again is on an unsanctioned mission, this time in Mexico. The former M has sent Bond on a mission from the grave to kill a man named Skiara. From Skiara's ring, we learn that a, all of Bond's adversaries has been a part of a secret and powerful organization. Its name? Spectre. Thanks, Madeline. Madeline Swan is Mr. White's daughter. Mr. White from the Quantum Days. We learn Bond's adopted brother, Franz Oberhauser, is alive after thinking he has been killed along with his father in Avalanche. The great surprise? He is going by Ernst Stavro Blofeld, a, ma- a name from his mother's bloodline. Bond and Madeline confront Blofeld at, the, at a secret lair. Bond is tortured, but they escape. Madeline is captured by Blofeld in London, while Bond and M are confronting a subplot point. Bond saves Madeline. Bond captures Blofeld. Bond and Madeline drive off into the distance in the DB5. I wonder how much time in the world they have. You just want to you just want to take longest. like seven more seconds and do a, do a full minute. Do a full and wait for. Yeah, that was um, the longest one ever. Longest Bond film, longest 0060 we just had there. Whew. Let's see if uh, one of us can make it this week. All right. When you hear a bell? Mm-hmm. The dead are alive. Mm. The film kicks off in high gear as Bond goes rogue in Mexico City. From the grave, the former M has sent Bond on a mission leading him to a funeral in Rome, the bed of a widow, and stumbling across the evil organization, Spectre. Following a lead to the Pale King, 007 finds Mr. White and exchanges a new trail of clues for the protection of his daughter. In the Austrian mountains, Bond meets Tracy, wait, Madeline Swan, who leads him to La Americaine in a secret room. After two acts of detective work, we finally get a From Russia with Love train sequence leading to a desert, a Yolo-style lair, and the return of Ernst Stavel Blofeld. The action returns to London, and this time Blofeld is arrested, and Bond rides away in the original DB5 to live happily ever after? Nice job. 41 seconds. Shorter than last week. We both uh, failed miserably on that, but... Loose ends? None. Really? <laughs> no, there's plenty of loose ends I was going to say, loose film. ends? There should be none for the amount of time we talked, but... After uh, one minute of 42 seconds <laughs> of summary there? <laughs> there's still so many loose ends. Somebody's listening to this podcast and like, these assholes didn't even try this they week. They didn't even try. <laughs> I, I honestly, I wrote this down and I was like, I'm not going to shave it. I'm not going to shave it. To down. be to be fair, to uh-huh. be fair to ourselves, to be fair, let's be honest here. We released, we had written all our 0030s ahead of time, yep. so that we could release the podcast back in November. You and I have not had to write a 30 second summary yeah. for December, January, almost three months. We were kind of out of practice yeah, on how to write a 30 minute summary. I remember texting you going, "Damn it, I haven't done a 0030 yet." For this that movie. was that was me this week prepping yeah. for it mm-hmm. because I'm so used to like oh, I don't even have to worry about that because I already have one written. Mm-hmm. And then I did all the notes and I was like. Oh, wait. I opened up my document with all the 0030s, and I, like, scrolled to the bottom. I was like, it's not oh, yeah, there. Of course I didn't write one because we hadn't seen Spectre yet. So for loose ends, uh huh, uh-huh. I have C and Nine Eyes. Bah. Mr. Hinks. What an asshole. Yeah. Max Denby. Denby? Denby? Sure. Yeah, shit. He just has a punchable face. Oh, God. Cocky little bastard. Mr. Hinks. Uh-huh. And Mr. White's demise. They like the Mr. Henchman mm-hmm. name. 
What and I remember, I, I'm, uh, that would have been bad. And Quantum, uh, ever since you mentioned that theory, uh, that Mr. Hinks was the one who was sent to shoot Green with uh-huh. the double, the two bullets. Yeah. I, I just kept thinking about that the whole movie whenever I saw him with that, with that gun. Yeah. I don't think it's a... Can we talk about one more loose end real quick? Yeah, absolutely. The fact that James Bond wears a Spectre ring for a good majority of this film. Yeah. On so, a different finger. Did you notice that? When he puts it on different fingers? Yeah, he peels it off Skiara's middle finger on his right hand, and Bond puts it on his ring finger on his right hand. Is he married to Spectre? Is he saying something? <laughs> I was just like wondering, was that just like an accident? Like, the actor who played Marco Skiara just has a larger hand? Or do you have a smaller hand? He has a smaller hand? He would have to have a smaller hand. Yeah, he had a smaller hand, so he had to put the ring on his middle finger, and then Bond put it on I mean, was it just an oversight? I don't know. Maybe Daniel Craig's just used to... He's married. Maybe he's just used to putting a ring there. Yeah. And I was just wondering the scene in Rome where he shows the finger, shows the the ring to the uh, guy at the door. Hey, I'm Mickey Mouse. Um, is that how they tip, knew about it? Did they know he was coming anyways? They knew he was coming. They knew he was coming at that point. Yeah. But I don't know. It's just like... This goes back to Vesper, the key, typing in the key code uh-huh. on the uh, account. How are the Casino two things Real. related? How it's funny how sometimes the attention to detail lacks just a skosh. Mm-hmm. Like, they should know that obnoxious fans like me are going to I mean, the Vesper thing is one thing. He's also, as a literate human, I mean, Daniel Craig, the just the actor, should have noticed what he was typing was not Vesper. I wonder if they go... Or someone or, they, like, or oh, someone like... Right, oh, that, the passcode should be Vesper. That would be great if that was it. And we're like, oh, we already shot that. Do we need to go back and shoot that again? No, he hit the V and the R. He hit the, the first and the last letter. No one's going to watch it, you know, four times in a row to make sure he's hitting the right thing. Yeah, but people will. But people will. Any other loose ends? There's a lot of backstory in this one. Even more than Skyfall. Just a ton. I think there's there's just so much in this movie, and this is why I demote Skyfall a little bit. As As we talked previously... What? Last week. I think Skyfall is a straightforward movie. It's a complete movie. But mm-hmm. there is so much jam-packed in this movie that I think you have to watch it six, seven times. Do you? I think you do. To get into the weeds. You don't have to. I mean, I it was pr- pretty you sh- did. straightforward the first time we saw it in theaters. Well, when I say... I, I mean, want... you're picking up details. I said details, yeah. I mean, there's details there's in every details. film the more you watch them. I guess, but I, you don't think... I mean, they nodded to almost... And probably nodded to every single movie in this movie. Probably not. They nodded, there was a lot of nods. There were a lot of We've nods. We've talked about the nods. There's a lot of nods. But mm-hmm. every movie, probably not. There wasn't a sprinkler scene that nodded to... <laughs> <laughs> Touche. All right. All right. Our My favorite section, Bond for the Now Bond. I like this one. I'm actually... I think by the 24th film, I think I may have hit hit the nail on the head. Okay. So I'm really looking forward to your response here. Okay. So before you respond, just take a moment, let it sink in, and respond, uh-huh. okay? Yep. I can't take you seriously. You're not wearing a tuxedo. <laughs> Go ahead. Bond for the non-bond. Mm-hmm. The quintessential James Bond film, or the worst Bond film in 30 years. I meant to... You decide. I, I meant to interrupt you in your 0030, uh-huh. or at least I wanted to. I would say this is not the quintessential Bond film. When you think of the quintessential Bond film, you're thinking of From Russia With Love, Goldfinger, 
You're thinking of The Spy Who Loved Me. You're thinking of Goldfinger. Or, I mean, excuse me, Goldeneye. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not thinking... I would put this movie ahead of Goldeneye. Okay, here's... Let me let me rephrase. Let me go yep. back. Let me go back. All the things that make a Bond film quintessential... Yep. This film took those pieces to make the greatest fan film ever. I think that's my point. So I really don't think so it can it really, be... It really depends on what your definition of quintessential is. Does it not? So as... as You know how I am about nostalgia. Mm-hmm. And the fact that It's they, the greatest love letter. To a Bond fan. You could write to a Bond fan. Yep. So... It's not the quintessential Bond movie. It could be movie. the quintessential Bond movie to me. Could it not? The definition of quintessential is the supreme definition of a, of something correct. Like this is the highest. This is this sets the standard. This is the the pinnacle of of the brand, if you will. No, I mean that's those are two separate things. The pinnacle, the zenith of the brand, mm-hmm. versus the quintessential are two very. I separate. literally I literally googled this to make sure I was saying the right thing. So let me just double check. You have any other thoughts while I double check? No, no, go ahead and share your uh do 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 Quint Essential. Mm-hmm. Representing the most perfect or typical example of a quality or class. I think you yeah, I don't make... think this film is any of those things. I, I I understand that, but going back to your argument. I think one could say that quintessential and pinnacle are synonyms in some ways. I don't want to digress into this argument. Uh, there's many. I want to spend much but more. This of our whole time podcast is going to be this argument. It might be. Which is not to say I that I don't love Spectre. Uh-huh. I really enjoy this movie. I ranked it high. I gave it a B minus, if I remember high, yeah. correctly, <laughs> uh, from from the review. Uh-huh. Um, I have it ranked in the middle third. I think you and the majority of people have it ranked in the middle third. I have it. I we'll talk about it in the rankings. I have yeah. it specific. I have my movies ranked. I know hey, Bond for the non-Bond. What, what was your rebuttal? It's a love letter to Bond fans. It is reason to see it. It's a love letter. You know, so that's my that's All my right. Bond for the non-Bond. But you can't really. You know what you don't read is you don't first get the love letter without falling in love. Okay. So you take someone who's never seen a Bond film. Don't start here. You know, Don't it's going to be meaningless. It's you, you haven't, you know, so t- question. Yeah. Could you start at Skyfall and then go see Spectre and have seen enough? No. Can you start at Casino Royale? No. If you haven't seen a Sean Connery film, don't go see Spectre. That's I would agree. I'll yeah. tell you why. I'll tell you exactly why. Because I've seen this movie with several people and it's the one scene that just points out why it's not the quintessential film. The great when reveal. the Rolls Royce drives in the desert and it's like, really, is this necessary? And I say, yes, it's necessary because that's Goldfinger's car. Kind of, yes. Goldfinger is a quintessential Bond film and gave us the Rolls Royce. And then the love letter is, hey, wink, wink, nod, nod. Uh-huh. Here's the Rolls Royce. Okay. Speaking of that, I can't believe I'm defending Goldfinger as, as, a, quint- <laughs> as a quintessential movie. Yes, well, I and, think you just made a very valid point. 
Thank you. I mean, without one, you can't have the like the right. you can't the nod. Right. You, you need to have Goldfinger in order to have that nod. Yes. So does that autom- automatically make Goldfinger higher in the ranking of the movie? Well, I mean, I have Goldfinger very, very high. Me too. I have it much higher than this one. But I'm just wondering if you look at Spectre, is there any way, shape, or form that Spectre can rise to the top just because it takes all the great things of so many great movies and it is no. the love letter. I know for you it's no. But I'm just wondering if there's anybody out there like, I want to make this movie. I, I'm still fighting. I want to make this movie I see the I number one. What I wanted to be on November 5th. Pause the podcast. Uh-huh. Go online. Read my review. review. You're, you're Come back to the podcast. scathing review. I don't think it's scathing. I I take I methodically break down all my opinions and we'll That's rehash right. no, them here. But just to get a sense of where I'm coming from, so somebody's like, "Oh no, he's just taking a giant dump on this film." No. I have very strong opinions about this film. I enjoy this film. I'm positive on this film, but I just have strong opinions to share um, about this. All right, and I think we've hit the the nerve. Is is the the quintessential the reason to love it? I also will. If you had come on and you said Spectre's the worst film ever, I would have gone a tirade in the other direction. Yeah, I think what I'm doing is I'm centering the this, the conversation, and I would have centered it either way. You know, if a third person walked in and they're like, Spectre's the worst film I've ever seen. I'm sorry, I'm writing down a question for you when we get to the movie segment. Okay. Okay. Do you want to just let's just two feet just dive into it? Let's, let's start because we're gonna go, we're gonna we're gonna derail several times in this podcast. I, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Much like that train, the train didn't derail. But uh. <laughs> at what point, if you're the train conductor, are you like, get the fuck off my train? Oh, in the fight? Yeah. yeah. Like you just ruined my entire. I don't give a shit that yeah. you were get off. Yeah, get out of there, here. There is absolutely no authority on the street. It's just like <laughs> there were people in the bar. There were people in the dining. They're car. just watching. They're like, look at these two guys. And there was, there, there's actually a point where there's some dude in the bar car, and he's uh, like, Dad, Dad, what are, these, what are these gentlemen doing? Drop them off at the next abandoned railroad station. All right. Distinguished debauchery. The Distinguished Debauchery of 007. I wouldn't go as far as calling you a cold-hearted bastard, but it wouldn't be a stretch to imagine. Then you'll also know that in poker you never play your hand. You play the man across from you. By the cut of his suit you went to Oxford or wherever. Naturally think human beings dress like that. But you were it with such disdain. Since MI6 looks for maladjusted young men, I give little thought to sacrificing others in order to protect Queen and Country. Beautiful. Now and then a trigger has to be pulled. Or not pulled. It's hard to know which in your pajamas. Q. 007. You think of women as disposable pleasures rather than meaningful pursuits. Martinis. Rank on the scale of zero to five olives. Two olives. We got a martini, uh, champagne... Bottle of vodka? Question mark. When he finds the uh, her inheritance, mm-hmm. uh, w- did you think that was vodka? I thought it was an. Uh, I don't know what a vintage bottle of Belvedere looks like. Uh huh. I actually don't know the pedigree. For as much as I love Belvedere vodka, I don't know their 
their pedigree. I don't know their You don't story. know their pedigree of vodka before, no. like, 1999? <laughs> when I started drinking? Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I... The I, history of Belvedere is uh, Scott turned drinking. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, you could put some vintage bottles out of Smirnoff, and I've seen vintage bottles, because I've seen Sean Connery drinks... Because you've seen the quintessential Bond film, and you know what... Uh... <laughs> I have seen some vintage bottles of Smirnoff, so, like... To me, I had placed that as a vintage bottle of Belvedere. Okay. Uh, I am also with two olives. He has a beer. He also has a martini. uh, Dirty. He's got the McKellen. He drinks McKellen in the apartment when he watches the video of M. uh, Telling him. He never, he pours it. He never drinks it. Does he not drink it? He does not drink it. I wanted Uh, to give him to you. He doesn't drink it. So let's just finish it. Then he he pours the champagne for him and uh, Lucia Sciara. Uh Uh-huh. But she slaps him in the face and he slams those on the ground. Uh Uh-huh. He orders the martini shaken that's served at the at the clinic. They don't serve alcohol. Uh-huh. Uh, he takes a swig of Belvedere. He drinks the Heineken, and he has a dirty martini on the train. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he essentially he has three drinks. Can we just both admit that this guy has toned down the drinking substantially? He's got things to do. Out. He's a he's a working man. Yeah. So yes, he's he was uh he cut it back a little bit. A smidge. Casino Royale. Rank from lowest poker hand to highest. Obviously a fold, but I had a question for you. Mm-hmm. Bond gambles that he knows the password to get to the Spectre meeting? Maybe? I'm going to raise my hand? No, I mean, he saw that He saw that he in the that? meeting. Is that the standard? How does he know? He's, I think he's... Because he's fold. smart? I'm at a fold. Well, because that's not gambling. Yeah, it's a fold. I agree with you. It's a fold. Okay. Turnbull and Asser. Rank from zero to five cufflinks. Five cufflinks. Absolutely. All day long. If I could give it more cufflinks, I would. You have Sharp, the... Possibly the sharpest he's looked. No. You don't think so? You like Casino better? Casino, he looks sharper. Um, he just has the classic white outfit. He has the black turtleneck. He looks sharp. My What I get a kick out, and every I've seen the movie. I saw it three times this week. Mm-hmm. Saw it three times in theaters. Um, every single time they're in the desert, I'm like... Look, man, I knew you were going to the desert, but the fact that you packed a Khaki. desert mouching outfit, like, Khaki. just, it's a perfect outfit yeah. for the desert. It's like, you pretentious ass. <laughs> Got my corduroy tie on, my khaki suit. Yeah. yeah, the, uh, the only thing I don't like was, but I like, I like their fashion forward, if you will, aspect of things. But when he goes to the, I want to say the Peace Gloria, but, uh, when he goes to the, uh, the Hofra clinic. Mm hmm. That little that little outfit he was wearing, I don't know, it was a little little over the top for me. The the, the boots and the whatnot and the so, the, the funny glasses. And, whether so he doesn't get snow blindness, yeah, he's just yeah, trendy, something like that. He was very trendy. Yeah, but I still I I I the white dinner jacket alone puts it at four cufflinks for me, and then followed by some great suits. The the dark gray the dark blue suit he wore in the opening sequence was solid. Mm-hmm. So Aston Martin rank from one to five hundred horsepower. You may not like what I'm going to ask you here, but... You can leave, sir. <laughs> what is the car? Or cars of this film? There's one car. Is there? And it's an Aston Martin DB10. I want to go back to a previous podcast that we had. One mm-hmm. Golden Eye podcast. Mm-hmm. And I will say, I will concede that Golden Eye was both the DB5 and what was it the Van- was it Vanquish? 
It was the V12. No, I'm sorry. It was the Mercedes. Uh, I'm, excuse me. The the BMW um, there M3 you go. and the DV5. <clears throat> Did you say Z3? Is it the Z3? You're struggling here. I am. Yeah. It's one of those BMW cars. I don't care. This that is Z3. The horrible baby blue paint job. The Aston Martin DV5. You argued and yes. actually got fan support uh-huh. to agree with you <laughs> that there were two cars in that film. Uh-huh. I want to make the argument that the cars of this film are the DB10 and the DB5. How so? Because what were your requirements? It what, has it does, has to be used in a mission and from Q branch. So the DB5 is clearly from Q branch. I'm mm. going to make the leap that the car is being used on the mission of whatever Madeline and Swan and James Bond are doing next between Bond 24 and Bond 25. How about we agree to this? Yes. We agree that the official car of this film is the DB10, which was supposed to go to 009. Absolutely. And we will table the DB5 as a car in this film until Bond 25. Because as of now, I think as a favor to Bond... Q has the Aston Martin rebuilt because, as you mentioned last week, and you've gotten me thinking, that the Aston Martin that we see in that film, which is the same Aston Martin as Goldfinger, and you were saying it's just a standard Aston Martin, you know, like Q's going to take the Aston Martin potentially from Casino Round. They're going to build it in their Q model. Mm -hmm. Of this is the Aston Martin we built, the standard, like this is what we do. Mm -hmm. Um, That Q simply put the Aston Martin together and then gifted it. Let it fall off the books so that Bond can have his Aston Martin back. So I don't count it as, unless in Bond 25 we see him use it in some mission capacity. I think to me it felt like Q's final gift to Bond. If this is potentially the last, like the fourth film of a quadruplet, quadruplet, six, six or five, what quadruplet, four? Are yeah, like I'm, I'm saying, this is done at four instead of a trilogy it would be a quadruplet. Yeah, quadruplet. Yeah. All right. So that's my argument against it. My ranking for this car and this film, though, is five hundred mm-hmm. and ten. Huh? <laughs> huh? Horsepower. Uh, no. Uh, funny, you know, you, you the whole debate about whether or not the DB5 is included doesn't really matter because the DB10 is going to get 500 horsepower on its own. So You don't like the, the 510? Then the I, wink, no, wink, that's not off the, the scale. You know, it's a DB10. There's scales for a reason. It's, um, this car is also off the scale considering the DB10 doesn't really exist. It was made exclusively for this movie. Yes, it's and if you have like a million dollars or some odd, they're they're selling them for charity. It's good cost. No, they should make that car. Give it to us. Buy one. Give it to us. Q branch rank from zero to five Qs. Three Qs. We have the exploding Omega watch, the DB10 Master with uh, fire and air, Uh Uh, the laptop reader. Which I know Bond's not using, but uh, we definitely see. Yeah, it. I said the ring an- analyzer used by Q. Um, and then also, we can't really give cues for this, but just I'm thrilled every time Q gets out on the field. Uh, so Q Branch literally comes to to Bond. What about the smart blood? 
Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's... cutting-edge nanotechnology. Another tracker. I have it at two Qs. I have it for the Smart Blood. I was kind of on the fence of whether or not I count the ring analyzer used by Q and the mm-hmm. Omega Seamaster, which, excuse me, is, uh, you know, that's from the Sean Connery era. Mm-hmm. Seamaster. That's the same one I think he wore in, in Goldfinger. I didn't even uh, put that together. If I ever have enough scrap to, you know, piece together, I will be buying an Omega Seamaster. That is my favorite watch that he's ever used. Hmm. Something I would buy a the, Rolex, but uh, sure. Something about the simple gray and black band. Unless Omega wants to sponsor this podcast, then I will wear it exclusively. What if Seiko came to you and said, Art? I would say we have some class and we're not for sale. And I'll go, look at that watch. Look at that watch right there. That's a for sexy free. watch. By the way, Scott's wearing a Seiko. I am wearing a Seiko. I have been for a while now. License to kill. Rank from zero to seven rounds. I don't know how you feel about this, but I'm at seven rounds. That's a that's I think off the charts for. I have him at less kills. Excuse this me? is the least amount of kills he's had. Absolutely not. I'm at twenty six to twenty seven kills. How? I'll, you want me to walk through? Three in the opening sequence. Uh-huh. Uh huh. One in the chopper. Marco Sierra. Two guys at Lucia Sierra. When he protects her. Yeah. Four to five in Austria. Ten escaping Blofeld's base. You escaped, You skipped one at the Spectre meeting. Um, oh yeah, the I gave the I gave him I gave him an assist for Mister White. Uh, <laughs> and then at the he kills one at the clinic, and then in the mountain chase he kills two carloads plus one, which I put four to five. Okay, I just I put two carloads. There were two to three guys in each car. Okay, so we're ten escaping Blofeld's base. Let me put that. And more context for you. Remember the room they went into? Remember when they went into the room where... Oh, yeah. I, I just... All those people were watching everything going across the Intel networks. You know, Blofeld puts the rest of the world in context or whatever he yeah, said. No, no, yeah, yeah, right. And you're then right, the, right. When, remember when they blow up the base? Yeah. Do you think all those guys were happening to be outside on their smoke break or, you know, having lunch off base? They're all dead. Two escaping capture in London. And uh, two in the final chopper, the, the final helicopter crash. That's easily 26, 27 kills. And By Mr. far Hanks the deadliest. Oh, I, I don't think he's dead. I'm standing. I'm going to say he's not dead. He's Jaws. Come on. He's our he's our modern day Jaws. He didn't die from falling off the train. I don't buy it. So I'm, I don't think he's dead. We never see him dead. He just disappeared. Anyways, 26, 27 kills. By far the the deadliest, the most bloody Daniel Craig era Bond. Here's the th- here's the problem I have though. Uh huh. Um, I agree with you. Now I just I didn't tally. Normally when I take my notes I tally. I just wrote down lots of kills mm-hmm. um, at that scene in the desert. Uh, so I forgot to include those in my final tally here. Yes, he does have the most kills. Unlike the other previous three, these are not up close and personal, uh, which I enjoyed. I, he uses the double O. Um, he's, these kills are making him count. They're personal. He knows what he's doing. Um, the factory, the, the Blofeld layer. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't feel, I, I, I agree with you. It just doesn't feel, doesn't feel right. doesn't feel right that we don't have an official number. Like you don't agree that everybody that we're watching those computer monitors died. No, I'm just saying it's different than, you know, like a movie like Casino Royale where like, Every one of those kills counted. Like, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like, they were personal. Well, these are partial credits. This is with his hands. Yeah. You know. This, a building exploded. Well, I, I will tell you that I did count 
10 people. He shot 10 people escaping from the torture chair to the helicopter. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, they weren't personal per se. Right. But there were definitely more personal than just... I mean, that's also partly Blofeld's fault for just employing all these people in a situation where he knew James Bond was coming. Yeah. Heather had a great comment. She was like, well, off to work for the evil empire today. I'm going to go sit in this room and watch all the things coming across the Intel network today. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Finally, the quote, Bond girls, end quote, rank from zero to five suffragettes. Zero suffragettes. Do you want to defend that before I... Before I also say zero suffragette. I was going to say. <laughs> uh, Madeline Swan is the only woman who can understand Bond. What's more there to say? Yep. She uh, helps defend Bond against Mr. Hinks on the train. She shoots him. Stands her ground. She threatens to leave Bond if he goes back to uh, spying. I mean, she's a tough lady. She is. She knows how to kill. She's used, um, she shot someone when she was younger. Mm-hmm. Somebody came to she studied kill at Mr. White. Yeah, and uh, what was it? The Sobear? How do you pronounce that? I don't know. Sabanair? Mm-hmm. Zero suffragettes. I think so. I think so. Can we circle back before we rank? Is this Where's the appropriate place to ask the question, where the fuck does he get a plane? I think it's he flew into the place. He didn't arrive by car. He didn't arrive by train. He was on an airplane, landed at the the Hofra clinic. Let me let me pronounce that properly. The Hoffler. He landed at the Hoffler clinic on an airplane. Do we see that? Yes. Someone watched this movie three times this week. I would think you saw him on the airplane flying into the airport to get to the clinic. He was flying the plane? No, he was a passenger on the airplane. Where... Does he get a plane? You know, generally, one second, generally, one second, generally, went airplanes happen to hang out at airports. So oh, I, I missed the part where they were at the airport when the chase sequence happened. The airport is or the right part, by the clinic or the part where James Bond figured out how to stop time. Zach Morris style. They're on a mountain, right? Get to the airplane. So clearly the best catch them. Refer to Zach Morris from Saved by the Bell. Yeah, one of the greatest superpowers in all of history. Stopping time. Stopping time. (laughs) Zach Morris superpower. Clearly. Time out. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Clearly, driving a vehicle down the mountain is slower than, hey, you can go ahead and take her, go down the mountain. They were going up the mountain. Got to get up to get down. They were going up when he got. Did they? Yep, they were going up. Uh, As someone who saw this movie three times, you think I would have noticed that. the airport three times. Regardless, I no, I missed the part where he was flying an airplane and had access to that airplane conveniently. I don't find that that far fetched. Of course, you don't. I don't. There are far more things that are far fetched mm-hmm. throughout the franchise. Mm-hmm. All right, should we go into rankings yet? Yeah, no, no, we're we're rankings now. Okay. Welcome to Bonding Over Bond. Running rankings. Opening sequence. I have the opening sequence in the top third, but mm-hmm. it's going to be at the border between the top and the, the middle third. Yeah, I have it to middle uh, middle to bottom of the top third. Yeah. 
because there were a lot of things I didn't like about the helicopter scene. Um, I think well, you you don't like the 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 arrow, the actual flying of it. You have yeah. some problems with how the helicopter actually flew as someone who knows how to fly. Well, I don't have a problem with the barrel rolls. I don't have the problem with the loop. All those are possible. The problem I have is the and your lady did mention something that was in the back of my mind when when they first get into the helicopter and it starts spinning. Hmm. I'm fine with it doing one or two spins, but the pilot would have stopped the spin. It was like the pilot was not knocked out. There's no reason why the helicopter should have kept spinning for the like the twelve revolutions it did. Uh huh. So that bothered me at some point. But then you know your lady brought up that you know maybe the pilot was trying to knock them out of the helicopter. Mm-hmm. Valid point. So kind of have to give it a little bit of a asterisk by how much I dislike it. But. Great tracking shot. Of the opening sequence? Yeah, yeah I mean, it's, yeah. it's beautifully awesome. done. Very, Very different than than normal with the title sequence. Yeah. Uh, the dead are alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you have the tracking sequence. And then somehow he has a tight-fit suit under another <laughs> tight-fit suit, which uh, is another thing. And a gun out of nowhere. He just has the gun. Yeah. But um, one day I would... Why want to try that? I would One day I would love to try putting on one suit... And then putting on a second suit over that suit just to see how much of a clown. Oh, yeah, he would look. <laughs> it looks like I'm wearing two suits there, guy. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you, I was surprised. I didn't watch it. I only watched it one time after, mm-hmm. be, and I wanted to get more time before doing it, but I just I only got around to watching it one time on Blu-ray. I was surprised how much the opening sequence fell a little flat on my home TV versus in the movies. I saw we also it. saw it on IMAX. I know. We saw it on IMAX, and then I saw it two other times in the movie. On like a three-story And it was just like screen. the bass. I was missing the bass. Like when that first bass drops in, the dead are alive. You know, it was just set the tone. Yeah, you also have like two small children. I had two small children running to... around. I had half-folded laundry in front of the TV. You right. Know, it was... Right. I'm really looking forward to watching it again. Whereas when I turned on the volume and showed you at the volume, I watched it at. Yeah. <laughs> I got that same effect. The, yeah. uh, the dead are alive, and uh-huh. it's like... Yeah. Very good. It's very good. All right. So we're about the same range there. <laughs> Any uh, last parting shots of the, uh, the opening sequence? Nope. The gun barrel's back. Yep. Everything's in place. Where it should be. Right there up front. Beautifully done. What did you think about the transition of the song, which leads us into the next category of the song? Mm-hmm. Did you like the transition? I thought it was a little, little forced. I didn't think it was a perfect transition. I really liked the song by itself. I didn't really necessarily like it with the transition from the helicopter. I think that the way they transitioned speaks perfectly of what I think this film, the the film's song is. Main movie song. Mm-hmm. Uh, background noise. Mm. Mm. That almost stings as much as you saying Goldfinger is trash in the realism category. Mm-hmm. I don't think it stings as much, but uh, that opening, the opening few bars of that song is great, and then it's just like, yeah, it's background music. You just don't like Sam Smith's falsetto, or which? Where's your? We're in the we're in the song category now, so yeah. Where do you rank this song? Surprisingly, mm-hmm. uh, this song is ranked six. And For as much as you're shitting on it, it's yep, ranked six. It's ranked six. Uh, however, I feel that's going to drop over time. 
Um, I don't think historically this song will hold up. Really? Yeah. As opposed to my viewpoint where, and I've told you openly that I think I'm in the minority on this, that Mm -hmm. I think you can make a case that this song is as important as the original James Bond theme song done by John Barry's orchestra. Because I really think the fact that the dynamic of the the strong, powering bass notes and the, the piano and the French horns followed by the falsetto is representative of James Bond's character as a strong person on the outside, killing people, bare hands, you know, but is weak at the same time with all the, the love that he's tried to have with different women, Vesper, Tracy over the years, if you want to say Daniel Craig can be related back to Tracy. I think there's the foreshadowing that Madeline Swan is possibly going to be torn away from James Bond. I think he's just a weak, he, internally he's, he's fragile. And I think the song reflects that. That's probably stretch. Looking at the look on your face, I can tell that... I'm just trying to decide if uh, when I just vomited a little bit in my mouth, (laughs) is that leftover from the sushi or was that just from what you're saying? Yeah, and and, you know, I had... I I told you when I first heard the song, I hated it. I absolutely hated the song. Mm -hmm. I was like, this song fucking sucks. Mm -hmm. This was nothing that I pictured for Bond 24. Right. And I just... Do you think you have like Stockholm syndrome of the song? You've listened to it so much. You have a strong attachment because your son, your son has sung this song to you. Yeah, that's actually the, you know an interesting point that of all the different Bond songs, this is the only one that my son will sing. Right. Yeah. No, I don't think it has anything to do with it. I, I think it's just generally, for me, it ranks up there with a Skyfall as I just think it's generally a beautiful song. Right, and I agree with you. You said last week, you know, we're trying to figure out what is the number one, the mm-hmm. to use your phrase, the quintessential mm-hmm. James Bond song. I agree with you. It's a beautiful song. I like the song. It's a great song. It's not necessarily the best James Bond song. And I and one of the reasons I rank it so high now, it's a good song. Mm-hmm. And when you look at all the when we talk about the running rankings or you can look online where I'll pull up the list real quick and we'll Look at where this ranks. And so in order to get at number six, I have it behind Live and Let Die and right above Nobody Does It Better. Okay. Which is above You Only Live Twice and You Know My Name. So these are, as a song, that's why I have it ranked. But when we're thinking about James Bond songs over time, when I step away and get further away from Spectre, I think that song's going to start dropping a little bit when we look at quintessential Bond songs, and it may find itself somewhere around, you know, like underneath Moonraker, which is going to be that's completely absurdity. That's that is completely absurd to me, because you, you need to look at the lyrics of the song. This is this is absolutely written as a James Bond song. That's great, and the, I want you to remember. Lyrics, I want you to remember. I would love to compare the lyrics of the writing of Writings on the Wall by Sam Smith uh-huh. to Moonraker by was it Shirley Bassey? Uh huh. I would love to. Compare well, she those. sang it. She didn't write it. Regardless, right? You know that's not my point in this case. Mm-hmm. The, the lyrics are: "This is a James Bond song." Uh, it's a song about James Bond. I just want you to remember all of this when we get to the "For Your Eyes Only" section, mm-hmm. and we cover a little movie called "On Her Majesty's Secret Service," which includes a little song called "We Have All the Time in the World" by Louis Armstrong, mm-hmm. which you took a giant shit on. I didn't take a giant shit. You did. When I made all these same arguments for how powerful the song was for what it was saying, and you were just like, that song lacks power for me. 
it, it's it's only it's a sad song. This song has power and it has the sad side. That's that's why I don't think it's on the same the same level as as uh. We have all time literally before. the last song Louis Armstrong recorded that's, about that's a, the moments that Bond has with the wife that was shot right on their wedding day by Blofeld. That song has no power. I mean, it has it has a little, but it doesn't. Louis Armstrong. Louis Armstrong could sing the phone book. It's going to be powerful. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it doesn't. I just, I, I think we just differ on this one. Mm-hmm. Maybe we uh, go ahead and tweet us. Give us your standpoint. And then while you're at it, just compare the lyrics. If you're going to compare the lyrics, then it doesn't top Skyfall. Why? Look at the lyrics. Just compare the lyrics. Quote Scott <laughs> Obermiller. <laughs> Is that what I'm <laughs> Read the lyrics of Skyfall. Read the lyrics of this one. I would love to do that. Can we pause this podcast right now? Because I want to look and compare them. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. We're gonna we're gonna the magic of radio. We're gonna pause for like five or six minutes. We're gonna be back with you literally right now. And after that brief pause, I, I stand by my argument. Okay. I, I challenge anyone to read the lyrics of Skyfall. Or any other James Bond song and look at the lyrics of Writings on the Wall and tell me that Writings on the Wall is not the quintessential James Bond song. Challenge accepted. Okay. All right. We'll have a post about it. Okay. On bondingoverbond.com. Mm-hmm. Going live April 7th. Cars. Number one. Hard to, hard to argue. Um, I'm going to put it at number, number two, though. I have the DB5 ahead of it. All the DB5s. So it was that drop it down to like number six, number five. No, it's DB. The DB five officially will only take up three spots. Okay, so number four. Okay, that's where I have it. The villain. Can we stop? Yeah. What was your ranking? So we're, we're literally on the twenty fifth fucking film, and we still can't get a solid number out of you. Out of what? Uh, let's go back to I'm I'm I haven't settled my opening sequence, so I'm not going to hold your feet mm-hmm. to that. I've had the songs ranked since uh, probably like the second film. So are you officially saying that this song is number one? I'm not prepared to say that. Jesus Christ. All right, back to the villain. Maybe I am. Maybe I am. I don't know, though. When you played Goldfinger earlier. All right, let's just talk about the villain. great fucking song. It is. It is. It is. And some of us some here, some of us here are ready to James Bond. Song. It is that's why Goldfinger's number one on my list. Can I say the top three? The top three what? Writings on the wall will be in the top three. Sure. Okay. okay. Let's talk about the villain. Uh, number one. Number one. I'm willing to put. Uh, this Ernst, incarnation. This incarnation. I think the perfect incarnation done by Christoph Waltz, Ernst Stavros Blofeld. He's my number one Blofeld. Absolutely. He's my fifth villain. That far? Yeah. Who do you have in front of him? Let me uh, pull that up for you. Let me do the old... Uh, in the meantime, I'll defend... Alt tab. Uh, I have... Silva. Scaramanga. Grant and Company. Largo. This Blofeld. You have Largo ahead of him? I do. Why? I'm not sure. I said it <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to change that. I'm going to change that. I am the source of all your pain. Yeah. I mean, like, 
Largo was like, I'm the source of your pain in this one fucking mission. Like, this guy is like the past four, well, the past three missions he's been on. Those are all his underlings. Like, I've killed, I've had a hand in killing everybody you've loved. You know, you know, I mean, this is pure evil. I'll give you some credit. Like, Silva, he's just a fucking scary dude. Scaramanga is in this game. Francisco Scaramanga is in the same category as Silva in many ways. Uh, who's your third one? Grant and Company. You love, I mean, I think for as much as I have soft spots for Goldfinger and The Spy Who Loved Me, for much with love is your soft spot. You also have to remember Grant and Company includes an unseen Blofeld. Okay. Who's Who's been planning this entire thing and is like, fuck this guy that ruined Dr. No. Let's get him. All right. I also like that incarnation of... I, there's something There's something to be said about, you know, the uh, the teamwork of... of MQ and Money Penny, the you know the the Scooby Scooby Squad or whatever you want to call them, same thing like the alternate inverse of number one. Yeah, Spectre. Spectre. Yeah. You know, and the gang. You know, mm. Spectre right. and the gang. It should be a band name. Right? That does sound like like nineteen eighties <laughs> like all girls band or something. All right. Anything else to say? I'll I'll, I'll edit that, and so now it's one, two, three, four. He would be number four. Everything I'm saying, everything I'm saying hinges on Bond 25. Because I've said in the review, if you were listening to us and I said pause and read a review, I make very clear that the legacy of Spectre hinges on Bond 25. So so we may end up here in three years doing our uh, review of Bond 25. And I'll say on that podcast, oh, my running rankings have changed. Mm -hmm. Why? Because Blofeld has changed as a character and we got a little deeper I can see Blofeld going up a little bit, but we don't get to actually see him do much. We just get to see him like, oh, I've been planning a lot of this. But yeah, I, yeah, you've been planning a lot of what has Silva so high is that how long term of a game he played. But and but Silver like Silver was doing the shit, you know. Like Blofeld is like, what? I've had all these other motherfuckers like doing stuff for me. Just speaking, I, but. Isn't that what makes him so awesome? I mean, the whole, the whole uh, scene in Rome, where, I mean, literally the distance I am from myself to this microphone, Blofeld would not reach that far. He had some freaking underling pull the microphone closer to him. Like, how powerful is this man? Like, how everybody bows to him. They shut the fuck up when he walks into the room. I mean, and he's evil. He has the the he has the psychopath traits that silva had when he's on that keyboard he's like if i put this in his he'll never remember your face you know this guy's a sick fuck you know he is as sick as silva is he doesn't get his hands necessarily dirty in all of destroying mi6 he doesn't he's bigger than mi6 yeah but he gets like he gets stopped by an omega watch you know like at no point like silva Silva knew the tricks yeah you know i take your watch off right yeah He's like, oh, point. you have a a, 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 a radio? I'm like, hmm, bitch, I planned for that. But isn't that something you can say about any high-level manager? They forget what it is like to be in the weeds, you know? Do you give, I mean, that's just a little screw-up in his part. And now that he's got the, now that he's got the permanent scar on his face, like the next time Bond and him face off, hopefully in Bond 25 or Bond 25 and 26, he's not going to make those same mistakes again? Maybe. Hopefully. Hopefully he grows into the sinister, like... You don't think he was sinister? I don't know. He just seemed like... How do I put this? 
kind of like a bitch. Really? Like, boo-hoo, my daddy helped this poor orphan, and he's cooler than me, so my dad kind of likes him a little better. Like, Meh. You don't think he's grown farther than that, though? Meh. I mean, he... Be- let's just... So I killed him, just... and I took my mother's name, and... Now I've been sitting here like planning how to get back at you, and but that's not the in order, only thing he's in order to doing. do that. Like I've also like gone batshit crazy, and I've created Spectre, and we're just this evil organization. But at the end of the day, this is all about like a revenge plot on the kid that my daddy liked better. Like Silver was like legitimately like, you can have any mission you want, you can do whatever you want. This is like it, this is. Part of it is M. I'm going to get my revenge on M. Mm-hmm. But I'm also like, I am the spy. Yeah. You know, like, from Captain Phillips, I am the captain now. Like, he was, he didn't have actions. Silva was like, I do the mission. Mm-hmm. I do whatever the fuck I want. Which like, is funny. Like, Blofeld's, like, endgame is just like, boo-hoo, you ruined my life. I'm going to ruin yours, motherfucker. But if like, you- be a man. Just kill James. Just like, come on. Like, who also, like, I have a problem when, like, you kill your father. Like. Your dad seemed like a good guy. He took this orphan. Mm-hmm. He taught him all this stuff. Like, be a man. The source of your problems, James, the 14-year-old version of you should have just took an axe to James Bond's head. You know, your father like a fucking coward. And I don't think he's this. He's not the sinister. Like, now he's got the scar. James foiled him. He's arrested. He's embarrassed. Now I think he might start fucking shit up in 25. Just like evil just like now i'm pissed now i'm the you've embarrassed me all right that's fair i don't want to drag that 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 dispute on because we could probably go back and forth for a while we probably could this is all i and i also want to say in every one of these categories i'm just like shitting on it and yet what do we have it we have specter ranked 11 we have the themes, the car ranked one, the song ranked six, the opening ranked in the top, the villain ranked four. Rank the overall movie. I think this film, I think this film is akin. Are you shooting on it? I mean, you're shooting on it. I'm just bit. very tough on it. You're tough on it. Maybe because like you, you like it too more? much. Maybe because I wanted it to be more. You I know, want, like that. I wanted it to be more too. That fourth son you have, it's just like, come on. Sack up. <laughs> I love you, buddy, but... Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I think I did want it to be more. And I think it definitely fell... You know, maybe we should... This is a good way to segue into... Do we want to skip over the Bond actor? We have the same feelings. I'm going to have to think about my final ranking. Daniel Craig's Daniel Craig. He's definitely top one or two. Mm-hmm. All right. But rolling into the movie... Um, and actually, this is a perfect segue because this is the, the question I was typing down earlier in the podcast my question for you was was this movie everything you wanted it to be clearly the answer is no like what what would have made this movie better for you had um everyone put on their big boy pants Mm -hmm. and released a two-parter like they had originally wanted to and we had two complete films instead of sandwiching two films because if you've listened to this podcast and you look at the movies i really like you can tell I really like the detective part. Mm-hmm. I really like when James is on the mission. I really like the character building. I really like when the the action's moving forward. For two-thirds of this film, I'm getting the film I want. Yeah, you got Q showed up on in the field. For two-thirds of this film, 
I have to write up things I want on a Bond film. I'm getting them. Tick, yeah. tick, tick, tick. Mm-hmm. And then we get to that last third, and I'm just like, you don't try to jam in a whole movie. Yeah. Into that last third. You want you want Blofeld? Give me fucking Blofeld. Mm-hmm. Don't give me don't give me a final third and this chase. No, no. Give me that full movie, which is why I think so much hinges on on Bond twenty five. Look, is it possible that you could have gotten the same thing with a two hour and forty five minute movie? And would you have watched it? Do you think people would have watched it for two hours and forty five minutes, an extra fifteen minutes? Are you a little more forgiving of the the sandwiching in of the third act? Do you think you could have gotten the same results with two hours and 45 minutes? What do you mean? Do you think instead of having two movies, which was impossible for Daniel Craig's, I believe it was for Daniel Craig, they wanted, they would have lost Daniel Craig, possibly. He didn't want to do two movies for this movie. Well, his contract's off. <clears throat> so they were afraid that if they... How do you have one more movie on his contract? I think his contract's done. He's op- He's fulfilled his obligation. Okay. Regardless, my, my, my ultimate question is... You wanted two movies. Yeah. Instead of getting two movies, if instead of being a two hour and 28 minute movie or two 30, whatever the exact number was, it mm-hmm. was two hours and 45 minutes, two hours and 53 minutes. Would you have rather seen that? Could you have stomached another 15 to 20 minutes of movie? Or was it at the peak? Like you could not have stomached any more movie. Would you have rather it been two parter or could you have accepted a two hour and 50 minute movie? I would have rather had a two-parter because I think they had the perfect. They Where get off. They it? get off the train when they get off the train, and it's like, "What now?" And he's like, "I think it's going to be a long wait." Cut. That's that's actually a perfect spot to cut it. And then it's just like, I, I want the next film." Yeah. How how more pumped? If that is what you walked away from, Spectre, everyone would have been like losing their mind. Yeah. And the hype for Bond twenty five because that would have been the next movie. Is there been. enough there? Bond twenty five, and then when imagine. When you walk into Bond 25 and the opening of that movie is going to the lair. Mm. And then, you know, Blofeld's captured and it's like. Yeah. At that point, it would have been, it would have been, what, about an hour and 50 minute movie? Um, How long is the movie again? 228. Uh, There's an hour left when they get to the desert. Are you, you able to handle a 90 minute movie? I mean, you could have added, you could have, you could have elaborated. In they probably parts. could have expanded yeah. a, a little more. Yeah, so you, uh, could, you could have made that work. Yeah, we could yeah. Have probably had some more Madeline time. Yeah, which is, in my opinion, desperately needed because that was my, one of my things about Casino Royale and what I thought the love of Vesper and Casino and uh, Bond and Casino Royale is. You had all that time post gambling that they went on the ship. You know, they made love here and there. You know, they, they were living together. You know, you had the the relationship time versus... Uh, I think this is a real connection, though. He's actually found a woman who understands and is and, and, can, and can relate to and get how isolated he is. Why do you... What, why would a man pick the career of an assassin? I mean, this is... See, that of the priesthood. Right. I mean, she grew up, her father was an assassin. She knows how to love an assassin. Mm -hmm. And then they go through some real shit together. Yeah. You know, and they have that bond and... That's true. I believe it. And they had great chemistry together. Good morning, people. I 
just landed in your town. Good morning, people. I just landed in your town. Next week, we drive off in an Aston Martin. But what is in store for Bonding Over Bonnie? I think that's a good question. Maybe some of our listeners are wondering, like, hey, these guys are doing reviews of all the films. You're on the 24th film. But Mm -hmm. there's no more. There's no, are we going to have to wait another three years to hear from you guys? Uh Yes. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Not at all. We're going to be back. You can expect in the month of March Uh an odd job about Pierce Brosnan because Uh we've kind of pushed that. Uh, We haven't done that yet? It hasn't been released. Wow. No. Spectre came out this month, so we're all about Daniel Craig this month. Uh Uh-huh. And so you can listen to that, and then you can expect an odd job about Daniel Craig. Mm Mm-hmm. And you can expect a shorter version of our running rankings. We're not going to go over... What's the math on it? I don't know. 200 and some odd cells. Yeah, we're just going to go over the top five on each one. Uh, Maybe the top six or seven. Maybe the top eight, since that's the top tier. And then the bottom one, the mm-hmm. bottom. And then we're going to release the full list. So instead of us verbally, we're just going to have a little discussion on like what made the top tier and what was our worst. And then release the full list. And then you can expect on April 7th, the first For Your Eyes Only. So we are going to take a little time off. There's going to be two podcasts uh, that come out in March and then some downtime. And in that downtime, we're going to be working on a little thing called bondingoverbond.com. Yeah. <laughs> you like that dramatic pause? Yeah. We're going to get that done and knock on wood, that's going to release and I'll go live on April 7th. Mm-hmm. So kind of April 7th is going to be like a relaunch of this next phase, this uh, the home of the unofficial official home of James Bond fans. Until Bond 25. Absolutely. uh, As we figure out what to do there. So for those of you that are new or haven't heard, um, welcome, first of all. Um, We've been doing these review podcasts. We reviewed each and every James Bond film. It's crazy. And next, we're going to go into a little deeper level, uh, kind of get into the weeds a little bit, talk about not only the film, but kind of the time that they were released, Mm -hmm. some trivia, what was going on around it, some behind-the-scenes information, um, just product placement, whatever the film is about, we're gonna we're gonna talk about it, and it's just gonna be a really deep, deep study, like a graduate level mm. uh, inspection of a of a Bond film, mm-hmm. and then we're gonna do those monthly. But don't despair, for all the listeners, you'll still get some bonding over Bond every two weeks because we'll also release an odd job. Um, Every middle week. And then sporadically other podcasts as we feel mm. um, things are happening. And then for some of our For Your Eyes Only, depending how long they run, we might cut them in two. So you'll get parts one and part two and then an odd job. And So needless to say, there's a lot of content coming. Yeah, we still got some stuff uh, moving forward. Not only can we announce April 7th, and we're pretty confident on that. You can go to Bonding Over Bond right now, see the ticking timer. Mm-hmm. But I think we can announce our first for your eyes only mm-hmm. will be and I'm very excited to go back to it and it ties into Spectre, Spectre very, very well. well we're going to review and go back to on a deeper level Ooh. 
on Her Majesty's Secret Service. Wow. Give that an, uh, Back a, to a fair and look and George. a deep, you know. What if he went on to play yeah. James Bond and yeah. Diamonds Are Forever? So we're, we'll be reviewing the one and only, literally, George yeah. Lazenby <laughs> and On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Mm-hmm. And then after that, every month, we're going to live on the podcast as we record it, pull out of a bucket. Uh, the next film, so we're gonna not gonna know month to month where the series is gonna go. So you there's don't no, kill. <laughs> there's um, there's gonna be no like what order, what's next. Uh, yeah. So we hope that's exciting. Well, the best part is when yeah. you listen to the For Your Eyes Only, you're gonna know what we're prepping for. Yeah, you know, you you'll know that prepared. month. Yeah, yeah, you can yeah. you can study up on it. You can join join the conversation. You know, get a we're gonna draw in the month ahead of time. You can out. I would love if you guys discuss this topic because this is my viewpoint on it. Yeah. You can become an active member. Yeah, so you'll have a month to hit us up and, you know, kind of gear where that podcast is going to go, how we respond Mm -hmm. to it. And then in the future, you know, are we going to do any more reviews? Yes. Uh, We still have to review a little film called Never Say Never. Yep. uh, Which is unofficial. So we left it out of the official 24. Full disclosure. I've never seen it. You've never seen Never? I've never seen it. It's it's a... It's essentially a remake of Thunderball. Thunderball, you've told yep. me. Um, we're going to review some of the spoofs. Uh, that Casino Royale is not the first Casino Royale yeah. that ever came out. Um, Austin Powers, we'll, oh, we'll look yeah. at that. We'll look at other films that have been influenced by, by James Bond. And of course, we still have the books. Mm-hmm. You know, So we're going to go through and we'll do the books in the same review fashion mm-hmm. that that we did. Uh, so there's a lot more, a lot more to come. We hope you're excited. We hope... Uh, you get invested. And of course, you can find all those podcasts in the future, all the podcasts we've recorded on a little place called iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, on our website, lionizepodcast.com, backslash, bonding over bond. And in the future, again, it's going to be bonding over bond.com. Absolutely. And you can, of course, follow us on Twitter. You can At like us on Facebook. Yep. You can send us emails. Bondingrobond at gmail.com. And you can visit the site. Bondingrobond.com. Absolutely. Or you could send us a mail pigeon. <laughs> They'll know to find us. I think that's all the publicity. Is all is that all of it? Yeah. So Thanks for listening this, to our review series. Yeah, this is this is the time where I want to go. Art, this is something I wanted to tell you. Thanks. I'm not gonna get choked. <laughs> I'm not gonna get choked up saying this, but I want to tell you how much I truly love this experience. Yeah, I know that we have made it to the end of our app, of this format uh-huh. after hours of cocktails and cigars in the shed talking about this crazy project, uh, recording and putting time towards this adventure. It is truly one of the best bonding experiences I have had with anyone, and I absolutely love that it happened over a spectacular James Bond franchise. I have learned so much about the franchise, and I never knew and looked forward to the next. And I look forward to the next chapter. Uh, for your eyes only. Absolutely. Ditto. So I hope I cut you off in the right spot. And Thanks, man. Appreciate that. Yeah. I don't have anything written up, but uh, back <laughs> I was at hoping, you. I was hoping you did. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Edit all that up. <laughs> I will do. Happy belated birthday, by the way. Thank you. Yeah. And remember, there's another movie in this series that has two great opening acts and then shit got weird. It's called Moonraker. Thank you for bonding with us here, bonding over bond. Until next time, shake it. Don't stir it. If I
That's all. And then they never recorded again. <laughs>